It's Baby Friday. It's the Van Morning Show. The vibes are always immaculate on a Thursday at 8 a.m. But what is this music, Suey? I know you requested this song. It sounds like I'm in like an 80s cop movie. I don't really know. It's... Sounds like an NHL video game. Oh, it could be. Stewie, former NHL forward and current sports analyst and DJ this morning. What are we listening to? I'll give you guys one da- uh, one guess. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. So for those that don't know, that is the theme music for the O'Reilly Factor. And that oh. is why Ryan O'Reilly <laughs> yes. has the nickname Factor and Fact Daddy because of the show. So I'm in no way endorsing Fox News. This is not an ad. Uh, that's just his nickname. It's probably one of the best nicknames in national That's hockey. amazing. Okay, because I was saying, the passion's back. When you see Stewie photoshopping on his timeline, you know that he's in it. He's ready to, to be a part of this cup run. And so I didn't know the O'Reilly factor a little bit before my time, maybe, and not in my viewing preferences. But that's that's good. You went deep into the archives for this one, eh? The more you know, the more you know. <laughs> okay, let's start with the uh, the factor. Where were you Friday nights when Leafs Nation saw the news of Ryan O'Reilly joining the squad? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's something that were, I guess you should have known where you were. I think I might have been working. But, uh, again, I was. I, yeah, but uh, no, I was definitely very excited. And, again, you know, whether or not you're a Leaf fan, if you live in Toronto, you're a Toronto sports fan. And this gives me, uh, you know, some flashbacks. So I think it was like 02, 03, sorry, actually 03, 04, when the Maple Leafs had, uh, you know, Owen Nolan and they got uh, Brian Leach and Ron Francis where you're like, okay, you're looking at the depth of those forwards here. You know, this is, you know, probably an opportunity to help put them over the top. So kudos to Kyle Dubas for keeping his, you know, cards to his chest for the last couple months saying, well, we're not sure what we're going to do, if we're going to make a big splash. This is a big, big splash because O'Reilly, he's a, he's a game changer. You know, you see the passion as everyone talks about. You know, he was almost born to be a Leaf too, but Nola Chari as well. You know, he's, he's a guy that can come in and make a difference on that bottom six. So I, I love the move. Uh, you know, regardless of the assets that they gave up, the window is uh, not necessarily closing, but it, it, the time to strike is now. And, you know, to add a player, you know, who's won a con smite, that knows how to win, uh, that is a great guy behind the scenes, that works on his craft every day. Uh, you know, he's a definitely a difference maker, and it's good to see that he's making an impact a lot sooner than later. So it's all about bets with Kyle Dubas at the at this stage, right? When you're when you're talking about the assets that he has left in terms of futures assets, any ones that you part with that are major, and these were major ones, uh, it's all about staking your season, staking maybe your career, at least your career in Toronto on these moves. So you like the move. Was this like... Was this the best gamble? Like, was this the player that makes the most sense? Or would a guy like Patrick Kane, who's absolutely tearing it up, make sense too? Is it just like, does O'Reilly hit every intangible that they should have been looking for here with their latest big bet? Uh, I think so, because you can play the wing and he can play center. And you can see, you know, he's, he's amazing on the face-offs, but he just plays the right way. And, and I think right now you need a guy that's sort of gone all the way, that knows what it takes and, you know, just going back to Kyle Dubas for a second here, you know, when they're talking about, well, they gave up a fourth rounder and, you know, I cue the meme uh, of Magic Johnson when he talks about, well, I'm not going to be here. So by the time that fourth rounder is ready to make an impact, you know, how many years is that down the line? So you got to make, you got, you know, a lot of GMs, they tend to make moves that, uh, you know, um, make their uh, jobs a little bit easier, makes it run a little bit longer, but he's taking a big, big gamble. There's a lot riding on this season. You know, at the end of the day, um, you know, job security is not a big thing in the National Hockey League. You, you want to win. You're judged by your results. So, uh, you know, for adding O'Reilly, I think it's just a perfect fit. You know, he's from the Toronto area. 
Um, he's a constant. I think you know what exactly you're going to get. You can't come in and bring in a guy that might be able to put up some points, that might be hurt, that might not be hurt. You know, for him, he's a constant, and I think he's going to be a big uh, have a big impact on the Leafs roster. Do they have to complete the gamble like we were talking about? No half measures. They're not taking half measures at least with their forward group. But is there enough on the back end? Should they like? Should there be a corresponding move here in the next eight days to make sure that hey, you didn't leave yourself exposed on the back end while loading up with forwards? Sell the farm. No, you, you get, at the end of the day, you have to you have to have some asset management, right? And you're looking at some of the moves that were made in the last couple of years. They don't have the draft capital and the prospect capital that a lot of these other teams make. So you have to be smart. You can't just get rid of everybody. And you know, you're talking about some of these players resigning. You've got to build towards the future too, right? I don't think there's been a second rounder on this roster for how many years now. You have to have guys coming in on your entry level deal and they come in and uh, produce. You know, you got to have guys like. Yang croak that you develop, you know, you got to have guys that you're bringing in now in these cheap deals. They got to be guys that are on your entry level. So, um, yeah, you got to add, uh, but you can't just mortgage the entire future right now. So, can you go out and and add a Matt Dumba? Probably, probably not. I'm not sure how that fits within the cap, but you know, why not take a flyer on Luke Shen, a guy that uh, isn't afraid to clear out the crease, plays a little bit of a truculent game, and. Uh, he's familiar with the system, familiar with some of the players here. Uh, Shen would be a guy that I'm going after because, again, just with the familiarity. Okay, you mentioned uh, no future draft picks. If you work in that scouting department, you're you feeling a little lonely up there in the a offices. Guilt. Guilt. <laughs> you got about, not much not really going on much for the next here. couple of years. Um, okay, so defense, That's the is that the weak link in terms of where this team might make or break? Or are you feeling a little more confident about Samsonov and blank, whoever <laughs> is available? <laughs> Uh, defense or goaltending? Sorry. Well, that's the question. Is is defense? Keeping pucks out of the net. Is the, yeah, yeah. Keeping pucks yeah. out of the net. Well, no. Again, it's it's you know you have to commend the job that this group's did with all the injuries that they had throughout this season. Riley was out for an extended period of time. Brody was hurt. Um, you know, and just seeing guys like you know Hall say what you want and cheer Daniel, they really. Uh, held down the four while some of these injuries were going on. So the only thing that I'd be worried about is Sandine and Lilligren because I think they should have got this experience playing these major minutes at the R this year, last year. Mm. So I'm worried about maybe some breakdowns. And again, the playoffs is a different game, and you've seen the speed and tenacity that uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning play with. That's big boy hockey. And, you know, I think they should be a little bit further ahead on their development. That's my one worry. But if you're going to make a run, you need seven, eight, even nine guys that can come in and, and step in at a given time and give you some minutes. So uh, Timmons, again, he's done well. I think he's got 13, 14 points uh, since he's been here in the 20 games. He's been a, a pretty big surprise too. But I'm just thinking now game five, six, seven against that Tampa Bay Lightning, you want to go with guys that have been there, done that, understand the moment that can rise to the occasion. All right, so Maple Leafs back in action tomorrow night. They get one day of practice now officially with Ryan O'Reilly since he was acquired Saturday night. Didn't have any time to really get into the lineup situation in terms of where he might fit, where he might not fit. Second line looked great. (laughs) Obviously, we know uh, 13 points between the three of them. First time ever, three Toronto Maple Leafs had three points in the first period. We saw all the stats. But in terms of how long you give this second line some runway before you give Ryan O'Reilly the opportunity to center a third line, which is something that we all, I think, have penciled in as an opportunity to have the most you know impeccable forward center depth in the league almost. Um, how long do you, do you see him being a second liner right now? And do you want to see him have an opportunity with that third line? 
Well, I, I don't think we know, and I don't think, uh, you know, Sheldon Keefe knows. And I think that's a good problem to have, right, where you have that flexibility to move him up, you know, from the second line or the third line. And I got roasted, uh, I think, game two when I said, well, I'm not a big fan of, you know, him playing with Tavares and Marner or because Marner, I thought, was too focused on defense. He was too focused on being that F3, that high guy where, again, he's one of those guys that needs to be in and out of traffic, in and out of lane, almost like a libero for those volleyball players out there all wow, over the ice. multi-sports Multi-sport. Yeah, yeah, I was outside. I was outside right hit by the right, right hitter, by the way. But anyways, I digress. Uh, so, you know, for O'Reilly, what I like too is, you know, let's not forget about the service that Callie Yancroft uh, did for the last six weeks as well too. And I think Kerfoot's been uh, playing some good hockey. So I'd like to maybe see them get some shifts with him maybe on the third line as well too. And talking about playoffs and, and winning some rounds, uh, you need depth at the center position. So I'd like to see O'Reilly maybe slot into that third hole uh, just because it's against weaker matchups, and he can produce. You can see what he can do when the puck comes on his stick uh, around the net. And I'd like to see him a little bit more focused uh, on that and creating for guys like Engvall or a Yankrock or a Kerfoot because I think those guys have a little bit more to their game and having a centerman that can really make those plays and play a good 200-foot game, I think that can elevate that bottom six, uh, which is needed. Uh, for the playoffs when you're making a run. So Riley comes in the second line center hole. It's going to, you know, push other pieces around. We're seeing Kerfoot fourth line camp moved or not moved down yet, uh, but shifting around. Uh, and it also no, most notably sees Tavares move to the wing. You think John Tavares is like fully cool with moving to the wing? Do you think he wants to play center in the end? Do you think it really matters or is that's the captain's responsibility to just make sure it works? Well, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when I'm in the morning when I wake up and my dogs are barking and they're all over me, I'm like, get away from me. And I'm very, very annoyed. But at the end of the day, when I'm laying on the couch and I'm tired and, you know, I just ate a big, big meal, nothing really bothers me. So I think for Tavares right now, he's got the big contract. Uh, He's putting up a lot of points. Uh, So I think for him, it it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I think right now he just wants to focus on winning. And again, I think he's a very unselfish player. And to have him come in now and and play with the O'Reilly and Marner, I'm like, man, it's cookie time. It's time to put up some points. So whether it's on the wing or at center, I think for him, he's, you know, with all those things I mentioned, he just wants to win a Stanley Cup. And for me, you know, as a player, you know, I used to, you know, only be able to play center. But they told me I have to play the wing. And I had to learn to play the right side and the left side for the betterment of the team. I think Tavares, yeah, initially maybe a little bit of uh, being irked. But I think for him, he just wants to win. And I, I think he welcomes, uh, you know, playing on that left flank, especially when it's with some great players. If he was on pump three or pump four, yeah, I could see him having a problem. But mm-hmm. he's still going to get his minutes. He's still going to be getting his first-line power play time. So what? i got to be on the wing. It's a little bit less of a responsibility, less skating. And you know what? I'm happy about it. Yeah, as a center my whole life, when I got to play wing sometimes, I'm like, you guys are living the dream out here, okay? You don't have to play any defense. <laughs> you sit up by the blue line and you get B-way B- after B-way. I'll take it. Um, okay, we're talking to Anthony Stewart, former NHL forward and current Sportsnet analyst. Stewie, um, the addition of Matthew Nyes is pending still. He's going to play out his NCAA season and hopefully get some runway here with the Maple Leafs. Do you think this takes a little bit of pressure off of him, who is basically going to be slotted in a top six role? We were all excited to see him come in now we've got ryan o'reilly nola chari and then matthew nice hopefully coming up does it give him a little bit of a lesser role early on to get his feet wet with the big club well i don't think the common i know the fans have the passion right and i think it's passion just to watch the Leafs and not really watch the marley's or um you know college hockey and again it's part of my other job description of of, of working with a, a player agency that i have to watch nice on a nightly basis Bummer. this guy's a player <laughs> <laughs> he, this guy's a player, 
and he's going to step in, whether it's now. I know the season might be running into about probably the end of this season as well with his college. Uh, he's going to be a player. He's going to be a player. I think he's going to step in and be a 20-20 guy right away. He's big. He's strong. He gets to the net, and he, he owns the moment. And, you know, he's putting up Chris Kreider numbers that he did in collegiate, and he's doing it as a sophomore. Uh, so for him to come in, yeah, it's a lot of pressure. I understand there's the media. Uh, but, again, if he's coming in and he's slotted in a position where there's not too much pressure, I think you could see him scoring some big goals in the playoffs. So I'm not sure what the plan is for him. I know he wants to sign. Uh, but, again, I'm, I'm, I understand why Dubis is very, very reluctant to part with this asset mm-hmm. because I think you know what you're going to get. He's going to step in right away, and I think that's a big part of this lease roster for the future. You need entry-level guys outperforming their cap hit. He's going to come in now, and I'm telling you right now, mark this date, whatever date it may be, because I've been working so many days in a row, he's going to be a 20-goal guy, 20 guy right away. So um, that's my prediction. If I'm wrong, you know, you can hit me up on Twitter, at David Amber, and there you go. February 23rd, just for, just for the record. Uh, when he does, like in the immediate term, does he have to play in the top six? Like, can you, can you hide him on a checking line? Can he play fourth line minutes? Or does he have to kind of play beside John Tavares or maybe beside Austin Matthews? Does it have to be top six if he's going to contribute this season? Well, my issue with that is if, if, you know, he's on the fourth line and he's got zero goals, zero assists, and zero stat lines, it's, oh, here we go again, and mm-hmm. he's a bust and all that. There's the pressure of that. But I think if there's reasonable expectations, which, again, I'm not placing those on them because I know what type of player he is. But, again, he can navigate up and down the lineup. He can play on your top line. He can, he's got the hands down low to, to tap in a backdoor or a rebound goal on the second-line power play unit. So he's big, he's fast, he's strong. So think Chris Kreider. Uh, but again, he's got to get some more experience, and it's tough. It's tough stepping out of college, where you know you're only playing on the weekends, you're in the gym every single day. Now to step into the rigors of, of a National Hockey League uh, season, especially in the playoffs, where there's that pressure mentally. I wouldn't want to put that pressure on him, but I think going into next season, you know, you're going to see really, really quickly what type of player this nice player is. In terms of what was laid out in plain sight, at least over the weekend, I mean, we saw the O'Reilly factor, factor, factoring big time <laughs> in Buffalo. Um, but Nolachari was like the most obvious upgrade, at least within his own context. Like the fourth line looked really, really, really good. What does Nolachari bring to this team that maybe this this Leafs group has been lacking for the last couple seasons? Well, you know, he's a veteran guy, and he can make the most of what he's given. And, you know, as a guy, you know, when you're on the bottom six, like I was on the fourth line for a while in, in Carolina, not a while, a long while, and I used to always go to the coach, if you give me more ice time, I'd have more points. And he'd be like, well, if you had more points, I'd give you more ice time. So I was sort of cat in that vortex where Achari's a guy, whether he's playing 9, 11, 13 minutes, you know, you're going to see an impact where he's going to get scoring opportunities. He's going to create separation. He's going to go on the forecheck, and he's going to make an impact. I think that can be, uh, um, you know, lost with this group, especially when you're caught in the bottom six where, you know, you have a lot of zeros on your board, on the board. And, you know, for a team that's trying to take the next step and, and, and win a playoff round, you, you can't have any passengers. So I think the other part is he's going to keep guys accountable. Here's a guy not playing all the minutes, making the most of what he's given. And if I'm looking around and I'm next to him or playing on his line, I'm like, man, I got to get my gear. I got to get my axe going. This guy's going to be moving up, getting more opportunity. I got to play a little bit harder and a little bit better as well, too. So I think there's the accountability factor because he's 
doing something every single shift. So I think that's the type of guy that you see in a game seven, tapping in that goal, uh, that big goal, uh, you know, maybe on the penalty kill or, you know, shorthanded or something like that as well, too. So he, he's a player, but you know him, you notice him every single shift. All right. Who's that guy that's playing for his life right now in the bottom six that Noel Chari's bringing light and a fire under his ass? Who is that? Ooh, you're making me name names, right? But, yeah, uh, <laughs> they're listening. They're, they're fired up at the gym this morning. Be like, Stewie said I got to pick it up. You know, it's, you know, I would say guys like Engvall, I, again, I like Engvall. Again, he's big. He's got to get a little bit more physical. You know, you're seeing guys like Zach Aston Reese. Um, you know, you're seeing guys that are even down in the minors, um, you know, right now in, in Holmberg, where he's had a pretty decent season where he could have easily been on this lineup. But, uh, you know, he's back down. Uh, so I think he's just keeping some of those bottom guys uh, accountable. And I know what name you're probably looking for, Kerfoot. Kerfoot. Kerfoot's a guy. He's a guy that you need. He's a Swiss Army knife. You need him up and down the lineup. He can step in, play top six. I like him in the top six, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, so, again, I can see some of the fourth-line guys that are sitting at three goals, four goals. Here's a chart. You're going to notice him putting up some numbers a lot quickly with the ice time that he's getting. Yeah, it looks like Zach Aston reese has maybe responded positively mm-hmm. to Nolachari being around and Kerfoot clearly he's you know he can fill a, a variety of roles and if Ryan O'Reilly does center the third line it's likely that Kerfoot will get that promotion again and he'll have to be big for this Leafs team uh let's quickly go to Patrick Kane uh another brilliant night for him uh last night it seems like uh the situation has pulled out and extracted the best out of him I don't know how long it's going to last I don't even know what the intentions are. When you watch Patrick Kane recently, is he just like trying to hold up the middle finger to everyone? Like what, what's, what's gone into his game over the last week or 10 days or so? Well, just like in South Park, I think it's blame Canada. <laughs> and two weeks ago, he was sort of called to task about, you know, you know Hockey Night Canada, he needs to step up and have a big game uh, to show that he wants to be traded, and he sort of threw out a big nothing burger. And I think ever since then, he got called out. He said, hey, you want to see some showtime here? I'll show you what I can do right now. Ten points in his last five games. You know, I think he's a little bit uh, ticked off about all of the, the the headlines. You know, is he hurt? Is he finished? What's going on with him? Does he still have game? He's an elite player. He's going to be going down in history as one of the, um, you know, top American players of all time. Not wingers, not uh, of this generation of all time. So I think he still has some game left, 34 years old. I'm sure he wants to come back, play another couple of years. Uh, so I could see a team right now that's looking to get over the hump. Um, taking a flyer on him because he can put up some points. And I call it the elbow room factor in Chicago where there's just no motivation. The team's getting pumped every night. Um, Why do you need to step up? But he's showing right now close to the deadline that he can be a difference maker and still one of the top players in the National Hockey League. Okay, eight days before the deadline. uh, What team do you think should be most desperate to upgrade uh, now that we've seen the likes of Ryan O'Reilly leave and others exchange hands what team needs to do something over the next eight days i'll choose need to want and you know there's a team that every year makes a big big splash and a complimentary guy that makes a big difference tampa bay i'm eager to see you know which 12 guys go on the ltir and you know (laughs) then add another 25 million dollars of salary Uh, but i think tampa's got a big big uh uh, ace up their sleeve right now because you're seeing some of these teams make some runs and add some of these players. And Tampa Bay, I think, wants to make a push here. So I could see them making a big, big splash a lot sooner than later. What about these uh, Flames and Oilers right now? Because they've been, like, I think the Flames have been red hot in terms of 
bad press as of late. Like not winning say, games. Not red hot. Like hot as in a flaming pit of what's going on there. Um, <laughs> them and then obviously the Oilers with, you know, how we, we would like to see Connor McDavid make it really far in this playoff run. And there's always the question about what's going to happen in his career down the road if he doesn't. Um, what, what do you think about just the, the Alberta? <laughs> what does Alberta need to do? Yeah, the Battle of Alberta seems like it's not going, it's mm-hmm. not a battle at all. It's like a, a small, a quaffle, or a, I don't know the adjective. Scuffle. But anyway, I think for Calgary, um, I don't think they're really getting the goaltending. And I think, you know, you're seeing now some guys like Wa- uh, Dewar last night uh, and Pelche get an opportunity. I think uh, Sutter really only believes in some of the veteran guys, giving them a lot of rope to really show what they can do right now too. But Calgary had a lot of expectations, you know, just like my other 12 predictions that were mm-hmm. wrong. I picked them mm-hmm. to win the Stanley Cup, and they might not make the playoffs. So they have to find a way to, to get over the hump. And I know Huberto struggled. I know Uyghur's not playing some great hockey as well too. But, you know, there's a lot of expectations in Calgary. I, I could expect some changes if they don't make that playoffs. But I think for Edmonton, too, you know, they had a pretty decent schedule where they won a decent run the last mm-hmm. uh, four or five weeks. Uh, but, again, for them, too, you know, is it going to be Skinner? Is it going to be Jack Campbell? Who's going to be the guy there, too? What are they going to do at the deadline? They're going to get some depth on the defense now. We know Kane is uh, you know, in and out of the lineup as well, too. But um, I, I think for Edmonton, they need a little bit more depth. They're relying a little too much on the top power play. It's very electric but the calls are going to be few and far between as you get game 60 to 80 and into the playoffs. But uh, if I had to pick a two of, of making a run, um, I think based on the trade deadline, I think the Oilers uh, will be in the conference finals right now. And I would not be shocked if the Flames don't make the playoffs just because they've been struggling. And I can't really figure out what the problem is there uh, for them as well. Well, you always provide good, solid predictions, Anthony Stewart. We love it. We <laughs> record all of them, and then we, we will play them, whether they're right or wrong, and send them to add David Amber <laughs> if you have any concerns. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks I said spring was right around the corner yesterday, too. So. Yeah, great. You jinxed it, eh? <laughs> you're, you're not that groundhog. What's his name? Uh, Wired and Willie. You're no Wired and Willie. <laughs> Did he die? <laughs> I think he did. Oh, they tried to replace him with a fake one, I thought. This is Wyerton. This is Willie. <laughs> anyway, Stewie, thanks for joining us this morning. Great to catch up. All right. Thanks a lot. Go Leafs, go. Anthony <laughs> Stewart, Orange Ford, current sports analyst, meteorologist, <laughs> owner of Wyerton Ashes. Uh, man, it always comes back to the Oilers, doesn't it? Like, how are uh, they not going to do something drastic here? What are you waiting for? Honestly, I don't know, man. They've got their first, second, and third round pick this year. They have a first and second in 2024. They have their 2025 first round pick as well. None of those six picks will help Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl win a Stanley Cup under their current contracts. Two years left for for Dreisaitl after this season. You have to make these three years count. You have to. What are you waiting for? You got Kyle Dubas trading everything out of the cupboard. Everything is gone. Ken Holland's got to do the same. There are teams like Stewie mentioned, like Arizona willingly taking on Shea Weber. (laughs) Teams that want to be bad. You have the means to store money somewhere else. The Minnesota Wild raised their hand and helped Ryan O'Reilly go to Toronto. Kenny Holland's got to figure out a way to improve this team. Maybe that's maybe that's it. They're just like, yeah, I mean, we want to we, see it we know how league finances work. That's right. We know what happens if the Leafs get to the second or third round. It'll help everyone. Where's the Eric Carlson to the Oilers rumors at? Where's the pulse? They were like, they gave me they life. dissipated. And now. Apparently it's too pricey. You just named off like 14 assets that they can get rid of.
Well, yeah, and they also can get rid of Tyson Berry, four and a half million. Mm -hmm. You need to get to seven and a half million probably in order to accomplish that trade. Uh, Yessi Pugliarvi makes three million. Pugliarvi, Tyson Berry, first round picks. That'll get it done, won't it? I thought Pugliarvi was going somewhere else as well. We're talking about putting him on waivers. So put him on a team that he can play for. Exactly. Coyotes. Can we just figure out a way to make that team better? They should not be on the be bubble right now. It would be great. But Calgary disappointment this season. Big time. He's, if Stewie said Stanley Cup, I think we had presents or I had oh, presents trophy. How could you I not? bailed on that within a week. Oh, serious? Like they cash just, out, they cash didn't, out. Yeah, they didn't look, they looked awful. Yikes. Um, Jonathan Hoover, like what a contract that is. Ten and a half for eight. It's pretty bad, Justin. 85. I don't know what that is. A lot of money. You know, 80 plus million dollars for Jonathan Huberdeau. <laughs> it's definitely who 80 plus. Hasn't even had that contract kick in yet, and it's not working. 84. There you go. Scholars. Um, all right. Speaking of numbers and money, on the other side of the break, we got the wake and rake. You have the NBA back in action. The Raptors host the Pelicans with a healthy lineup. Expected to have OG back in, Gary back in, everyone refreshed and tanned and hydrated and. Maybe not all that hydrated. I hope so. Working on the hydration yeah, as we speak. Yeah, hopefully rehydrated, but just relaxed a bit, you know? Come back in. You got the third chapter of this story with the Toronto Raptors about to be written starting tonight. Tip off 7.30 p.m. You can catch that on Sports Night 590 The Fan. We'll set that up in the wake and rake. We got a full slate of NBA, NHL as well. Neil in the text line's got his tennis picks, and I have what I might say is my lock of... Say with your chest, Alish. ...the century. That's... You have a lock of the century on the other side of the break? You bet I do. That's next on the Fan Morning Show. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL, the J.D. Bunkus Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wake up! Now it's time for Wake and Rake. You could be raking in the dough with your kind of accuracy. Show me the money. With Ailish and Justin. It's time for a Baby Friday edition of the Wake and Rake. We were consistent last night, losing 100% of our bets. Yes. If you're going to lose Couple lessons. 33.3%, you might as well lose 100%. Couple lessons <laughs> uh, for us. I think maybe we lay off. Soccer? Yeah, you know what? We're not in our soccer bag right now, okay? We never were in our soccer bag. And I don't think you we're... You never were in your soccer bag because I have nightmares of the World Cup. Oh, you had good picks? No, I just never even tried because I knew <laughs> I knew not to. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, uh, we went over three. There's another big game, Manchester United and Barcelona today in the Europa League. I'm not going to do it. I'm not doing it. I don't think anyone sent anything in from that game other than... Uh... Oh, we got one. Oh, We I got an old parlay... Marcus Rashford, anytime goal. Ron and Juliana. Ron and Juliana. They don't Going miss back on to the, the well, aren't they? They are. Either It's either Rashford or Holland most of the time. Uh, but yeah, uh, we learned a couple lessons. No soccer and no stepping in front of the Patrick Kane train. <laughs> it is electric right now. Old Max Domi looks like. like if you're getting Domi Kane, two goals, Kane get, two goals. Get Domi too if you're getting Kane. There you go. Package him up. I think so. We, we tried to do that once. We did. And how'd that go? <laughs> we never talked about that. What? We just let it kind of fade off into the darkness, but the fake trade that we put on the internet that people didn't like. 
No, not why, we, we, got didn't, we didn't like it either. We got radioed by. Remember when Kipper was on that one time and Kipper yeah, got well, radioed. Sometimes we're not all in alignment, but it's okay. It was fun, not a big wasn't deal. it? It was an experience. So we were very careful with our fake trades because and what we put out on social an media. GM. However, you are excited to put something on social media today. You've been prepping for this moment. You promised a lock on the before the break. Mm-hmm. You also said to me, maybe at our first break, I've got something that I need people to not just hear, but to see. Mm-hmm. So your lock, set it up for us, please. There are a few times in your life where you wake up with a vision so strong that it jolts you from your slumber. And that is what happened to me last night. My eyes fluttered open and I thought, I have to share this with the world today. The Lakers are hosting the Warriors at home tonight. Mm. After an all-star break that brought headlines, such as LeBron James not knowing that the LA Kings share the arena that he also calls home. Right. LeBron James is going to enter tonight's game, walk through the hallways wearing an L.A. Kings retro jersey with Wayne Gretzky on the back. I see it. I close my eyes and I think there is no better opportunity for LeBron James, who loves to be in the limelight, who likes to put himself in social media lore. He will enter tonight's game wearing a Kings jersey. And we will all celebrate. Will we? The storyline that is, oops, I forgot that this team lives in the same arena that I live in. The LA Kings poked fun at him and said, oh, you, your own roommate forgets you live there. LeBron James is going to come to tonight's game in a Lakers jersey. I mean, in a Kings jersey. I just have no other feeling but that <laughs> when I opened my eyes this morning. Definitely didn't know where you're going. Uh, but you are an expert on content plays, and that would be a content play This is no for LeBron James. Buddy. It would be. This mm-hmm. is a good little con. Like, I can poke fun at myself. I can give, I can pay homage to the team that I do share a building with. It is the most missed opportunity of all time for LeBron James in the last week if he does not do this. Okay. I thought you had a gambling pick. This is a gambling pick. (laughs) I'm I'm putting money on it. Okay. I'll contact the sports book and say, please put a line up for this because I want to put money on it. It's just like Rihanna at the Super Bowl. It's a prop bet. It's LeBron James walking in with a Kings jersey. It's that simple. And it's got to have two nines on the back? That's less important. But to add to the vision that I had this morning, it was a Gretzky, the, the nice black and silver one. Like, I, I see oh, it. Yeah. I can oh, see yeah. it when I close my eyes. It jolted you from your sleep. So I'm saying it. Clip it now, folks. Put it on the internet. Tag me in the photos of LeBron James this evening when he walks out. With that jersey Tell on. you what, if it happens, the $200, squashed. No way. Squashed. Really? If it happens, if LeBron James walks into Crypto.com, I think it is Whatever now. Whatever it is named now. Crypto.com Arena in a LA Kings Holy, jersey. I'm going to contact him today. I'm going to send him a Kings jersey. The slate is clean. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's go, okay. LeBron. Wakey, wakey. Get your fashion guys on it. We'll Figure see this there. out. Figure this okay? out. Okay, that's all I got to say. All right. I'm glad I got that off my chest because it's just, that's the lock of the century. So let's pick our other picks. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Uh, I'm going to go to the West Coast. 
Okay, see, we're I've, all I, over the West Coast tonight. I, I have circled one team that played last night. Those were the Calgary Flames. They were at Mullet Arena winning in Arizona. Mm-hmm. But they got to travel out to Vegas. It's a short drive. I don't know if it's 18 minutes Buffalo to Toronto, but it's not much more than that. But still, the effects of travel, the effects of a second half of a back-to-back are going to affect the inferior team, which is the Calgary Flames, at least in my opinion. A little salty, I think, the Vegas Golden Knights might be after losing to Patrick Kane and the Chicago Blackhawks the other night. I like Vegas on the money line, minus 135 right now. Perfect. Um, Lock that one in. I'm also going hockey. Um, Ovechkin was just back in Russia for... Missed four games because of his father's passing. Mm-hmm. He's back in the lineup projected tonight. They're playing the Anaheim Ducks at home, and the Ducks have the worst goal differential in the NHL. I believe it's still at a 100 and minus 101, to be specific. Triple digits, all you need to know. Pretty brutal. Uh, we went through the all-time worst goal differentials in the NHL, and they were on the list. Yep. So it's pretty bad. They're on the road against the Washington Capitals. Ovi playing with probably a lot of emotion. Um, something to say about that. Um, personally, I'm going to bet an OV five bucks hat trick tonight. Just think he's going to be playing for his dad. And tonight I'm p- picking the Capitals on the puck line against the Ducks. Um, I was going to do regulation and I thought, you know what? Live a little. I'm going to do them on the puck line. Instead, it is um, a two minus 265 money line. So let's go instead Capitals on the puck line against the Ducks at home. I like that pick a lot. Feel it. Not as confidently as I felt the LeBron James Kings jersey, but close. Either way, it's profitable for you. Perfect. Um, All right. Let's go through some of our picks, okay? Okay, let's do it. Uh, Chad from Peterborough is aiming for specialist status here. He hit a pick in college basketball last night. He's going to try that again with USC Moneyline plus 120. USC needs a win as it will qualify as a road quad one win, crucial for its tournament resume. If they lose tonight, they'll likely be on the outside looking in on Selection Sunday. Michigan Ooh. in the same boat, he writes, uh, but he wants to see if Jet Howard is playing before he bets it. So USC Moneyline plus 120, Chad from Peterborough. Okay, Jet is quite the name, eh? Yeah, Jet. Two two T's, too. Jet's an Jet. Jet. underrated Howard. name, I think, actually. I know a dog named Jet, but... Jet Howard. I'm all over it. Chad from Peterborough. Okay, so happy baby Friday for anchor. Today I'll take Pascal Siakam over 24 and a half points. Juliana will take her Warriors minus five and a half or plus five and a half. So she'll be watching the LeBron James fashion show tonight. For the alt parlay, I'll take Marcus Rashford to score an anytime goal at plus 150. Tell her buddy Buff Daddy to keep those hockey picks coming. That's Ron and Juliana. There you go. I love when people are friends. Rashford's hot. I'm probably going to be playing Rashford just to give myself a little interest in that game. I could see a lot of goals, Barcelona, okay. Manchester United today, but, you know, we'll keep the soccer picks to a minimum. <laughs> From me, Greg and Fergus. Fergus, what a nightmare hey, it was. Fergus. Like I, I'm a Fergus. Like Fergus, of course. We love all the Hamlets. But Fergus, going to play Fergus in minor hockey was a no, nightmare. You know what? They're gritty in Fergus. They are gritty. There's and a lot bigger. of kids that don't have teeth already because they've punched other people in the face in Fergus. Okay. <laughs> You're telling me? Like, yeah, I mean. Put I, a little boy strip lay and they I, all I felt missing. a little intimidated when I was playing yeah. Fergus. Okay. Scary spot, but <laughs> Greg w- seems like a gem. The wake and wake from Greg, who may have intimidated us once <laughs> in Fergus, is <laughs> Nuggets and Cavs over 223. Line is nice and low. I feel it should hit. Thanks, Greg and Fergus. Okay, we almost have to pick Greg. You don't want to mess with Fergus. Longtime listener. Wow, but now it's time for Slimmy Boy to give his first pick. <clears throat> Joel Embiid has failed to exceed 35 and a half points. 
32 and a half. 32 and a half points in 15 of his last 16 games at home against top 10 scoring defenses. Take him under 32 and a half points. Easy money. Welcome to the text line, Slimmy Boy. Okay, a staple. Eric from Burlington. He likes the wild game to go under six. Wild like to go under. Yes, they do. They've been under six in five of the last six games, and the Blue Jackets probably won't change that outcome. Okay. Um, good morning. Thanks for the shout out earlier. Ah, it's Neil. Yes. Two more wins yesterday that hit without any trouble. Going back to ATP today with Nicholas. I'm going to go Jari because that's how we say it with the goaltender. Don't call him Tristan. Nicholas Jari minus three and a half games over Pedro Martinez. Not only has Jari not dropped a set in his last three clay matches, he's won by nine, seven, and seven. Respectfully while facing just one break point. Jari minus three and a half. That's Neil in Newfoundland. I don't want to get greedy here, Neil, but if you want to give us your best and your second best every okay, day, like okay. I, I don't, I don't hate it. Uh, let's, good. N- let's not, uh, you know, let's don't push our luck here. No, let's tame. Okay. Corey from Port Hope. Uh, good morning. I know Dallas blew it last night, but my Jason Robertson power play point did hit tonight. He's going to the NBA. Nikola Jokic over 11 and a half rebounds at minus 130. I was looking at the Nuggets who are dogs on the road, the first hmm. place Nuggets, dogs on the road in After Cleveland. After a nice rest, are they someone injured? A couple guys, you got to battle for boards there with hmm. uh, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, but uh, if Jogic wants those boards, I'm sure he'll get them. Last one from my buddy Stephen Sutton, taking lightning on the money line. The lightning are playing the Sabres, and we just saw them, and it's uh, minus 235, so maybe he means lightning in regulation because that could work, but uh, minus 235 is not in our parameters, Steve. But appreciate the text. Uh, I led us astray yesterday, so I kind of want to lean on you here for I like that. the completive factor here on our Wake and Rake. Pascal Siakam over points. Yeah. We got to pick a Toronto. It's been a while since the Raptors were in our pick. Raptors were just off for over 10 days. We just talked about how this is a new era of the Toronto Raptors. We have flipped over the calendar in terms of now it's win time, baby. We're going. We're trying to win some games as Nick Nurse said, what's this all about? Winning and playing basketball. So, And a rested and celebrated at the All-Star Game, Pascal Siakam, you expect to lead that mm-hmm. renewed effort, confidence, and enthusiasm for the back half of the season? I, I, that's exactly how I feel. Okay. Um, I'm liking it. It's Ron and Juliana, staples in our text line. Pascal Siakam over 24 and a half points. I'm going to put that in our wake. I didn't even think too much about it. I just think it's time. Okay. They are six and a half, or they're six and a half point Favorites on the spread tonight. I just saw it move to six, but nonetheless, they're hosting the Pelicans, minus 235 on the money line. Um, let's put in Pascal, player points. Um, I'm seeing it. They have it at 24 and a half. That's where I see it as well. So I'm going to lock that in for our Wake and Rake parlay, which is Capitals on the puck line against the Ducks at home, Golden Knights on the money line against the Flames at home, and Pascal Siakam over points set at 24 and a half. That all together is plus 525 on your Wake and Rake for today. Let's stick with the Raptors discussion here and circle back on our discussion in the 6 a.m. hour about the Toronto Raptors trying to reset and establish, you know, new storylines and new objectives for the season. Now that we've gone through that exercise and we've discussed, Mm -hmm. what is the number one storyline for you for the Toronto Raptors over the last 25 games or so of the season? I said Scotty Barnes, and I still think so, but your point about him, like, having less... To, like not less to prove, but less of an emphasis in terms of what happens next kind of influences me to go back to my Nick Nurse point. It's just you have the puzzle pieces that haven't changed much. You're adding an impact center. Maybe it wasn't the splashy deadline that we had all hoped for, but 
nonetheless, this is what you have. Like, you need to find a way to motivate this team to play better, to play for each other and not play for themselves, as, which is what Messiah Jury hinted at at this post-trade deadline conference where he said that, you know, we have a lot of talent, but it wasn't working. And we asked about why his team wasn't clicking. And maybe they needed this break and maybe they needed some time to reflect and come back refreshed, but that's the job of a coach. You know, losing the locker room is a really tough thing to have to debate as people from the outside looking in, but it felt at times that's where they were at. You have some of the best players the other teams were trying to pick from your roster. So you have the talent. Like it's, Now it's about making it work, you know, and also balancing the fact that you have some young talent that Sia Jury mentioned would like to see get some more opportunity. How do you do that? How do you... Focus on winning, focus on not running your starters into the ground, but also you want to give your bench some opportunity. It's a, it's a bit of a conundrum that he's been handed with. I'd like to see how he manages it. Yeah, I think we might have went a little too micro, but I mean, we were planning on doing three storylines, <laughs> so you kind of have to pick and choose. But just broadly, are they going to meet the objective, which is, I think, in my eyes, just making the playoffs and not just going to the play-in game, playing round, and seeing if you can get in, are the Toronto Raptors going to make the playoffs? And I think they set that expectation or that objective when they bought at the trade deadline. It did not sell. This is all, everything in, impacts ev- everything else, right? So I talked about Fred and Pirtle and making the playoffs, but if you make the playoffs, all that other stuff, you think it kind of takes care of itself, right? If they make the playoffs, you're going to have positives come up, uh, come and derived from that. And maybe you can really confidently go into the summer and extend Jakob Pertl. Maybe your decision on Fred is made. Maybe Scotty Barnes did take that big loop, or big, big leap rather, and maybe Nick Nurse coached his ass off mm-hmm. for the last couple weeks and months of the season. I think the prime objective of making the playoffs will allow everything to sort itself out, and really it validates everything else. Because if they don't take this team and make the playoffs, if they don't get into the playing game or lose in a a disappointing fashion in a uh, play-in game, then what they did and what they prepared for, it didn't work. And then you have to really think about the future of this team. So everything, all the energy in the world right now should be on getting to the playoffs, which is not what we talked about Mm -hmm. a couple weeks and months ago when we were expecting this team to voluntarily take a step back. The pressure is on this team now, and it begins tonight as six-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, on home court against the New Orleans Pelicans. I wonder um, what you think about how important this next stretch is for OG. He's someone we didn't really mention in this first part. He's kind of the wild card, eh? He is. So he's back. He's healthy, as we think he's expected to play tonight. He was just touted around as one of the hottest trade chips throughout the trade deadline, and he was injured, which I don't think it affected too much because he's back only two weeks later. He's playing for a lot, I think, personally. And that has been an issue that we might have talked about earlier is like, is he happy being here? Mm-hmm. Well, now you have the rest of the season to, I don't know, maybe it's not proved to people. But a little bit like that, is it not to you? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I think, I think it's proved to himself in a lot of ways. Mm. Because we talked about like what OG is, we think we have a pretty good idea of what OG is. Everybody else, feels I think like the they league do has too. a pretty good idea of o- what OG is, and maybe that's the reason why, in what was suddenly a crowded market in terms of talent, those Donovan Mitchell patch packages weren't there for him. Because hey, Kevin Durant just went for this. Are, are we going to be in the same ballpark for 
OG Ananobi, who's hurt at the moment. Like, mm-hmm. I think there was, I think a lot of that sort of affected exactly what happened. And this isn't like an own rental situation at all because they have control over OG for a while. But it's like, okay, maybe the noise would suggest that this isn't a long-term partnership. Maybe there is an expiration date that we can at least see and uh, and deal with and manage from. But can he help us this year? Can we figure out more? Can we get more information? Can we see exactly what we need and what we might need in a world where OG is not a part of this team? Like, I think it is, he's kind of the wild card in that he can take this team and help this team raise its level. But you can also figure out if there's a world worth living without him sooner (laughs) than later and how that might shape what they're doing this summer as they avoid, we think, to pay into the luxury tax by keeping a guy like Jakob Pertl around. Couple more things we missed. I wanted to quickly throw in here before we take a step back for the JD Bunkus podcast. So stroll in. This guy's always bursting down the door. Um, NBA All Star Game ratings have come out. All time low. Mm. Utah, as the guys on the TNT tan- panel said, they weren't thrilled with. Well, the viewers were also not. Too fired up to watch this year's NBA All-Star Game. Um, averaged 6.28 million viewers. Si- biggest single-season decline for the All-Star Game since 2000. Don't you think these All-Star Games could help themselves out if they... Sorry, I, 4.59 million viewers. Ooh. Down from 6.28 last year. This biggest single-season decline. So... Almost four and a half million viewers. That's it. Sizable. Sizable nonetheless. But don't you think they could help themselves by changing? Like, you can't change it materially, but like everything around the Super Bowl, it's like, okay, that's. Do we need all star weekends? We probably do because it makes money, but do we need it to be around the Super Bowl? Like, everyone's sports watching energy goes into one weekend and everything that's around it, it's just like, I'm not doing this again. Like, we're not, I'm, am I devoting a full day where to after NFL season as well, mm-hmm. to this, right? It's a long thing. We were watching the Chicago Blackhawks and Leafs that night, and it's just like, okay, I'll catch it after, and thinking it would be halfway through. And the game hadn't even started until after Chicago and Toronto had wrapped things up at a 6 p.m. start, I think, Eastern uh, in Chicago. Like, it just seemed like it's a full-day extravaganza, and you've already devoted Saturday night to it, mm-hmm. and I think Saturday is more fun than Sunday, so I was like, if I'm going to pick and choose and we're going to do one thing, I'm going to do All-Star Saturday night for about an hour, and that's all the energy I really have left after, you know, last weekend was all about the Super Bowl and sports. I, I just, with watching how the NHL All-Star weekend felt like a dud at times, now the NBA All-Star weekend felt like a dud unless you're Matt It feels McClung. long. It, it just needs to be a bit more concise. <laughs> yeah. I think that's step one. I mean, if we knew how to fix these weekends, we'd be in different roles. But and it's easy to kind of like come on and be like, "Wow, it was the worst viewed." That's why it sucked. Well, I don't know if the intrigue's there. I just personally, it wasn't. I think it's just for a select few people. I think it's for kids who want to see their favorite players and want to see we're cool not things. Kids, so I, d- yeah, and I it's get for it. sponsors that are hanging out and like I don't know, is that are you maximizing that lane if you're in Utah? I'm not really sure, but I don't think they really had a problem in that way. I just it takes buy-in and it takes. Uh, for it to be special, we're just not dummies. Like we know, it's not. It's lesser than. And if you're a sophisticated sports and fan, the I guess was you see right through very that. Very poor, exactly. And you're just not excited about something that is lesser than when we see all these great things when it matters the most. I will say, 
a positive from it all was obviously our buddy Mac McClung. But uh, ticket boom for the Sixers G League affiliate now after he had his incredible weekend. Our buddy Alex Wong, we're talking about what? Coachella oh, yeah. jerseys. 20, oh, that's it for it's, sure. It used to be 2023 too, which is sad. 2028 for our uh, Alex. Mac McClung. Mac McClung Sixers jersey. That's a good piece. Speaking of jerseys tonight, LeBron James walking into crypto.com. Does Ailish even the score? I think I might, honestly. Uh, that's going to be tuned down on social all day for that. Um, all right. That was Baby Friday for you on the Fan Morning Show. Raptors tipping off tonight, 7.30 p.m. on Sports Night 590. The Fan against the New Orleans Pelicans will be back Friday to break it all down. Have a great day today.